0: Hello oh, and welcome to Tape Ops Discussion, where we call our friends and music community notables to chat about their favorite records. Enjoy. Hello? Hey man, it's Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Just checking in with you. I've, uh, you know, been running around, dodging raindrops, and... Where are you at? I'm in Seattle.
1: Up, uh, Seattle. One of my favorite places, actually... Um, a lot of my very good friends lived there. Um, one in particular who was actually in tape was Ishmael Butler from Shabazz Palace.
0: I did that interview. You did ah! <laughs> Welcome to Discussion. I'm Jeff Stanfield. And this week we have King Brit discussing speaker music's black nationalist sonic weaponry. Man, you sent me this record by uh, Speaker Music, aka DeForest Brown Jr., and uh, the record is um, Black Nationalist Sonic Weaponry. I've never heard this record before, and man, what a what a cool listen! And it took me a second, you know, I had to kind of wrap my head around not not just musically, but what this record was about. So I'll ask you what I ask everybody: Why did you uh, choose this record?
1: So, you know, first of all, thanks for having me on and calling me about it. Um, and asking me like what what record would fit our conversation and I felt this record is you know, I've known DeForest Brown very well and I just had him recently in my class in at UCSD Blacktronica. And so he's such a, a powerful thinker, you know. And When he sent me the record, I was just like blown away because I needed to hear what was being not only said on the record, but also musically there was, there was, there's a whole sense of angst and urgency and urgency that is needed at this time to uplift our people. So I felt this would be perfect to, uh, have, have you listen and us discuss, what's going on because you know i never heard anything that's coming out recently that really spoke to the energy around the protests around the black lives matter movement and just around um, black liberation in general at the moment i didn't hear a lot of things that were coming out there's all this great music coming out but nothing's really speaking to me in that energy and so I felt it was important.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is a, um, it's a really interesting record in that, um, and I didn't really kind of pick up on this until uh, you know a few listens in. But it, at least for the first half of the record, if not the whole record, it's almost like one, even though it's you know it's segmented off into songs, it's it's kind of one continuous piece. Like the the tempo remains the same, mm-hmm. and you have this this grinding like um sort of incessant machine quality to the thing that um i i know there was some real intent behind that so do you know much about that i don't know
1: particular like i don't know details right but i what i what i took from that is okay when you when you think about sound system culture in jamaica and you think about dub culture and the version, so the special version of every record. And so all of those versions, which are the instrumentals of a lot of reggae tunes, and then they dubbed them out and all. So, you know, the B-sides were the versions. There was this whole community around the version. So you had all these different um, sound systems doing their rendition of the version, right? And so you would have these compilations come out, too, that had one one song instrumental, but all these different MCs on the versions. Right. And so it kind of reminded me of that mentality. And I don't know if Deforest did that on purpose, but these reminded me of different versions of one piece. So it's kind of like a movement. If you had an orchestrated piece, there would be different movements. So that it reminded me kind of like that as well and it, it always referred back to those rhythms and also that industrial kind of driving rhythm that's throughout everything in this in this album. You know, there's that kind of Detroit mechanical even though he's not from Detroit, but of course he is a, a you know, he sparked the the light for black, you know, black uh techno is black uh, bringing that energy back into the fold and so the whole use of machinery and you know the idea of weaponry sonic weaponry i think that that's maybe what he was thinking about
0: You you and I spoke briefly uh, the other day and, and we were talking about um, or I mentioned that um, there's a tune on there. Techno is a liberation technology mm-hmm. that um, really reminded me of John Hassel, um, who I just absolutely love. Yeah. yeah, John. I mean,
1: I remember like hearing John for the t- first time, I think it was like maybe the mid 80s and mid to the mid 80s maybe like 88 and i was just like wow this is this is incredible but definitely hear miles davis coming out of john hassel like i hear i know for a fact that he must have loved miles davis in all his incarnations as well up until like say bitches brew or whatever When I hear speaker music, yes, I do hear John, but I definitely hear Miles and his kind of exploration. Like I was thinking, what if Miles was alive today? I think he would be doing what is presented here on speaker music.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a super interesting point um, in regards to the John Hassel reference. I mean, it's really just the tonality and, and you know, the trumpet being harmonized or it's that kind of rolling guitar synth uh, sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but in terms of the the Miles reference, you're so right. I mean, when you listen to that period of records that uh, ultimately started with Bitches Brew, but then things like Dark Magus and oh. and uh, you know On the Corner and 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 that chunk of the of, you know up to like Live Evil, um, right? Uh, those records were like cacophonous uh, rhythmically and and with the percussion and and it was there was yeah. a lot going on and it borrowed so much from like African roots music again Absolutely. and 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 this has that frenetic um Mm -hmm. quality to it although it's completely you know it's ultra modern it's it's almost modern beyond the the current day if you ask me about some of the programming it's just absolutely bananas and and I wanted to ask you specifically about that because you teach at UCSD you teach uh courses you know in electronic production so I wanted to just see what you think's going on there kind of behind the scenes in terms of the production aspect of this, this record.
1: You know, I, I, I definitely feel as though he, you know, is working with hardware, but also uh, using a DAW, which is digital audio workstation. So um, I'm feeling he's maybe using Ableton. Uh, I remember seeing a video of him in the studio or he was at a residency for Rauschen- the Roshenberg residency, and I saw him um, using Ableton. So I feel that behind the scenes he had this black secret technology, <laughs> and he, you know, programmed some some rhythms. But also there's some generative and some randomness going on to keep the rhythms kind of motivating and moving but also i i definitely hear the there's this push and pull between man and machine so you know there's the not only the vocals and you know the different instrumentation around the rhythms which changes how you listen to the rhythm because the way the instrumentation is placed but also i feel there's there's a lot of changes happening rhythmically with the beats and so that that kind of leads me to believe that he's using some randomization plugin in Ableton to kind of randomize the rhythms, uh, which would make sense because using technology to push forward a different sound, I think that might be the move. Where?
0: Christopher Columbus' son, head of the administration at the time, said and requested from the royal crown, how about we get some Africans? Take a bunch of Africans from West Africa, and we can get cheap and free labor from them. Let's get as much as we can. In 1505, I I thought there was another thing that really kind of struck me about this is that it's it's not an uh, it's not necessarily an easy listen in, in terms of it's um you know throw throw it on and, and relax it's it's something it, it there's it's so intense and and um because of the randomness that you never really, it feels un, uh, s- unsettled a lot of the time. But what the, the effect that that had on me was that it made me f- like focus on it and really listen. And, and, and it sets the mood for what he's trying to get across. Yes. And I thought it was a really effective, you know, mechanism to do, to do so. And, and um, you know, it's not just a record, it's kind of this, it's a statement
1: it's definitely a statement i I completely agree with you and i do want to say one thing you know it shouldn't be an easy listen you know it's like when the first time you heard throbbing gristle and you know what they were doing in berlin at the time you know industrial um really kind of in your face politics you know it's the same kind of feeling i got but of course me being um African-American in, in dealing with everyday life here, you know, there's always this uncertainty, especially with the energy that was, you know, being generated around, uh, this administration and the police and, and, and everything that's happening, uh, and seeing this online, there's always this uncertainty just when you're navigating through the world as an African-American uh, here in America it's just like whoa you know you, you just you're always on, on on the looking over your shoulder sort of sort of energy and he captured that perfectly in the this first album the and empire the first rebellion against capital and empire
0: in the name of who 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 There is an African spirit that they brought across the Atlantic. His name
2: is Ogun Kalembo. Ogun Kalembo. The rebellion in the name of a spirit. Invoke the spirit. Invoke the spirit. Ogun Kalembo.
1: What are some standout tracks for you? Well, the one you said, techno is a liberation technology, which... Um, he's definitely referring back to Detroit and how Detroit techno was a liberation technology. And, you know, when you speak to, say, Juan Atkins or uh, Kevin Saunderson or Derek May, you know, the Belleville Three, they will tell you, you know, this music was a needed uh, sound for Detroit and with the idea of rebuilding Detroit, you know, and Detroit coming from the Motor City you know always this juxtaposition against machines man and machine you know then you had underground resistance so and then also techno being uh the music that brought the east berlin and west berlin um youth together that was the soundtrack of their kind of unification when the wall came down so you know techno as a liberation technology is that's a really standout track and to bring that back into right now around this energy uh that's been built up i think that that was um it really captured what techno is as a liberation technology and then the other one i really liked which was really kind of odd to me at first i didn't really um it, it took me a minute to grasp on was super predator yeah, you know, mm. that's referring to. Uh, I'm assuming certain political um, candidates that had said this in the past in their in their speeches, and so it took me a minute to kind of first I didn't I didn't really realize what it was, and then oh, then I did my research, and then I knew. Okay, I see where it's going. Um, so that, but musically, it's powerful, man. Like I like the sounds, the soundscape that was um, created for that. Kind of listen to it as a whole piece like you were saying you know it's hard to kind of dissect when it's really all one kind of continuous journey that needs to be taken
0: yeah it's okay to have uh favorite scenes in a movie though you know and uh <laughs> um I really dig um, of our spiritual strivings. I thought that was a, is a really interesting one, and and um, you know, it's it's just it again. It's it's unsettling. It's disjointed. It's like kind of out of tune. Often when I listen, you know, and I choose, you choose music, like, uh, and we all do this, you know, for, for kind of, you know, situational uh, listening. And so, you know, if you're driving, you put something on, if you're kind of cleaning the studio, you put something on it, or if you're listening to something actively, like I, um, or, you know, I put on a John Hassel record when I just kind of got to get some work done. And I, but I want to, I want to feel a certain way. This actually really made me focus and stop to think about, you know all of the relevant subjects that this mm-hmm. touches on um and it's not all lyrical but you know what i thought was again really interesting was that once you know what this record's about and and there are some things with like a, a you know voiceover and and some speeches and some yeah. some use of, of voice and, and lyrics um it gives you an opportunity to kind of reflect Totally, but it keeps you in the in the spirit and sort of that and the and the like I said the unsettled and the struggle and the sort of like it really kind of puts it in perspective that you know in a way that that many people won't understand if you're not African American. So I I found it really uh, refreshing in that way, and and I and I appreciated it for that, you know. And that's beautiful, man.
2: Too tight. Too tight. In the hands of his oppressor, he feels the burden of his people strife. She knows that if she dies, the man who so viciously took her life will be able to go home that very same night. Joyfully eat dinner with his kids and wife and kiss them the night. Forgetting the little girl who he just made a memory. No more movie nights and dinners with her daddy. Kisses from her mommy, dreams of who she would be. He might remember the doll that lay next to her. How it too had six bullets lodged into it. Life was as it once was with she. No, she will experience lifelessness for the first time. day at work he'll say another day doing what's right to him justice is controversial so he wants them of the news and tells them what happened through his eyes that night a man can only be this comfortable speaking of murder when he precisely knew their names will remain unheard of stop looking for validation and seek more routes to build our people's outlook on our current situation they can't survive and without
1: us. what you were saying about you know a lot of music now is sonic wallpaper You know, it's just you put it on as a soundtrack to whatever situation you're doing. And that whole idea has in a way gotten worse because we don't listen with intent anymore. I mean, we do, but your average person may not listen to a complete album, you know, from start to finish and really listen to it instead of doing something else. So... This one definitely grabs you by the jugular. Like, yo, listen to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the difference between watching an intense documentary and a reality, you know, The Bachelor or whatever, or whatever. It's like, you know, people, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I've never even seen it, but uh, you know what I mean? It's like, I understand that people have many things that they have to deal with in their lives. And, and music may be a, a tool that they use to escape from daily life or just to feel good or have fun or have a drink or whatever. Um, but I do think it's worth mentioning that the the great statements musically in the world are, are often challenging to listen to. Yeah. And, and again, this is not a first listen, uh, fall in love with record. Um, most of my favorites are not and haven't been. I think the things that you you know you you ha- you got to give it some time and and yes. sometimes it takes it takes a little patience. But I think feel like the rewards are uh, are great. You know,
1: absolutely. And you know, it kind of had the same energy as when I first heard Public Enemy's first album, <laughs> or when I heard um, actually uh, my life in a bush of ghosts. Oh yeah. You know you know burn like because of the samples and also the political context of that record um just that's a powerful album as well, you know, so those both grab my attention, you know,
0: yeah, it's funny you mentioned my life in the bush of ghosts because um I was reading the liner notes to J- John hassel's vernal equinox, and you know had you know on the on the repressing of the vinyl there's a on the sleeve, you know, it's like one side of the sleeve is kind of Eno's reflection on John Hassel and how what what a debt he owes to him in terms, oh, okay. and so uh, he references that record, you know, Vernal Equinox as what he was listening to as he was thinking about making My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. So All I thought right. it was cool. Yeah.
1: Okay, we're full circle
0: then. We're full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, man. This was like this is great. This is really, a, really a nice exercise. Terrence Floyd today raised a, what is a strong point that it's often the black communities that get hit hardest uh, while protesting, and, and black protesters while black protesters feel the police crackdown on social media over the weekend. What you could see was a number of black protesters urging white not protesters, white agitators, to stop. There was one in particular of a black woman stopping two white women from tagging a Starbucks.
0: Yeah, you know what, uh, Katie? There's an age-old trope used during the civil rights era of outside agitators
2: stirring up trouble, right? And it's been used to uh, delegitimize actual protests, actual push for justice. And talking to black...
0: Thanks for listening. Discussion is created by Tape Op, the creative music recording magazine. Free subscriptions are available at tapeop.com, along with our regular podcast and online content.